Welcome to episode 13 of Writers and Fighters. I'm your host, AJ Ortega, and each and every week I'll be interviewing someone who is involved in writing or someone who is involved in fighting. This week I have a writer on, a songwriter, a musician, Elsie Flowers. He's from the borderland of El Paso and Juarez, which is where we met in school like 20 years ago, uh, growing up in El Paso. He does some great work with electronic music. And so, so good, in fact, that I reached out to him for the intro and outro music for the podcast. So, when you hear my awesome music that starts and ends the podcast, that's Elsie Flowers. That's my boy, Luis. I'd always wanted to have him on as a guest because he was so giving and so kind and open about letting me use his music on this project. And I know it may not be a big deal to some But I know how it's weird to be creative and work at a piece of art and then eventually share it. So I just wanted to say to Luis and everybody listening that the music for the show has been one of my favorite gifts in in many years. And I was thinking about gifts today. It's my little brother's birthday, and he passed away in a motorcycle accident in 2014. And growing up, we, we got to the point... In, in adulthood where we had all the little things we wanted, cars, bikes, a nice TV, cool sneakers. And so every time his birthday rolled around, I was, I, I felt like I was behind on thinking about what kind of gift to give him for his birthday. Like I didn't take the time to be thoughtful and I default to tools for his garage or like a gift card, something like that. Practical and useful for sure. But Maybe not super thoughtful. And I've never been, like, good at giving gifts. Well, I've given some great gifts in my time. But, like, as an act or as a personality trait, maybe, I'm not particularly good at it. I regret not giving my brother better birthday gifts. Because those were all, like, opportunities to tell him that I, you know, loved him through an action. And so, lately, I've been missing him something mean. Like, uh... Desperate longing doesn't even begin to explain it. Just like a horrible, you know, deficit of that, you know, saying you miss someone doesn't even scratch the surface. And there were fights on over the weekend, boxing and UFC, but I didn't watch them. I wasn't in the mood, really. I was in my own fight. Me versus grief. And it's a fight where there's no rounds... There's no time limits. Referee can't stop the fight. No three knockdown rule. No standing eight count. It's a daily fight, really. And some days you're lucky and there's not a lot of action in the fight. Then birthdays or anniversaries roll around and you have several days in a row where it looks like Gotti versus Ward or Rocky versus Drago. And I know a lot of folks now that have lost their people, too. And so I know they're fighting against grief as well. And to that, I just want to say that I'm in your corner. All right, let me bring it up a little bit by playing some music from um, Elsie Flowers. You know, I didn't mean to go dark there, but sometimes that's a consequence of getting real. 
So no fight talk or anything like that today. Just a quick shout out uh, to my little bro on his birthday. And uh, some music from L.C. Flowers. This is Polka Dot Woman by L.C. Flowers. Again, that one is called Polka Dot Woman by Elsie Flowers off of his double single that came out in January. You can check that one out on Spotify. Just look up Elsie Flowers and uh, Polka Dot Woman on Spotify and you can check out that double single which features another song called Balloons. So, now that you're acquainted with his music outside of the intro and outro... Here's the interview portion of the podcast, so enjoy. All right, I am sitting here with L.C. Flowers, my buddy Luis. How are you doing, man? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. First of all, thanks for doing this, and big thanks 
for supplying me with this intro and outro music. You are the guy behind that uh, jingle at the beginning and at the end. And I've gotten compliments about that. And so... Really? Yeah. I had uh, I had a, a few people say, did you do that? I was like, oh, no, I didn't do that. A friend of mine did that for me. And uh, one person said the intro makes them want to dance. Uh, somebody said the outro was really good and that it, it feels like a wind down kind of credits rolling kind of end of the show thing. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember you giving me a, a sample of your stuff and just being very gracious and being like, hey, pick whatever. Well, yeah. Uh, I think from the get, I uh, I knew that, that you were uh, you were good at talking, and I was, you were talking about a podcast. Uh, not to break the fourth wall here, but uh, maybe like a year or two ago, and sure. you were kind of uh, on the fence. And I was like, "Hey, where's our podcast?" Like, because I I, uh, <laughs> I was like, I wanted I wanted you to uh, yeah, just do some music and uh, and obviously you know get it going. So I'm glad it's uh, it's going good for you. No, yeah, it was uh, just one of those things that okay, I'm gonna do it, gonna do it. Had a lot of stuff kind of set up. But never was able to pull the trigger because, yeah, I just didn't feel I was comfortable, didn't have a thing. And then a year or two later, right, I, I come up with the kind of template for the the show, revisit those tracks you sent me, dig into my Dropbox from, again, years back. And, uh, yeah, I pulled them up and I was like, hey, can I still use these? And I insisted on paying you. And you said no. Uh, oh, said no. no, man, we, uh, we go way back. Uh, we go uh, way back. I was actually thinking about starting the, the podcast with me, me just yelling 10, like 10, 10. <laughs> and I know that's very inside baseball and I, I won't go into it. But uh, yeah, you and I go way back to what was that like 10th, 11th grade and in, uh, in El Paso and stuff. So uh, yeah, for sure. So tell us, yeah, a, yeah. tell us a little bit about that then. So so yeah, that's our uh, the kind of thank you for the intro and outro music and to recognize that people do recognize it as, as being cool and unique to my show. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And so you mentioned El Paso. That's where you're from. And so I know in your like Spotify bio, I think it says El Paso and Juarez is home. Tell me a little bit about that. So I came up in, uh, in, in Juarez because that's where I was born. So I'm originally from Mexico. And then uh, when I was nine, uh, family up and uh, decided we should move across for uh, opportunity. Uh, this was like 93. It was very much a kind of a, like an education in, in music at the time and music of past because we were all kind of crammed into this little uh, apartment, the five of us. But we had cable because, you know, like apartments uh, by default, they have cable. So, nice. yeah, yeah. So we had cable. So I was just absorbing all this culture and, and it was really helpful and also like just learning the language as well. But we had MTV and yeah, that just kind of got me going, like just watching. Uh, Anything from like the Michael Jackson, Billy Jeans to, you know, Metallica, uh, Enter Sandman. And then the the big one at the time was the uh, the Nirvana Unplugged, like back in 93. Oh, sure. Were, yeah. When we yeah, got the yeah. visual element to really cool performances that way and and the music videos and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that was kind of the the upbringing. And then uh, in El Paso, it's just kind of like where I did uh, school and, and then... Uh, beginnings of music and then pretty much you know most most of my family still lives there still have some family in Juarez as well mostly cousins right. uh but but uh been up here in Minnesota for almost nine years so uh that's been working out uh, okay especially on days like today when the the weather finally starts to turn and uh, it's not so evil you know there you go yeah yeah that's one of those things you, uh, it, it's even more extreme than my relocation from Texas to Utah which comes with its shock in the winter and whatnot but yours 
I remember you'd be asking you at a certain point, be like, hey, how did you, he's like, it's one of those things that it's, your, your body's going to take years to get used to it. And then you mentioned going back to Houston at one point and not being able to stomach the heat and just sweat and buckets. Yeah, and- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, you get acclimated to this stuff. And then, you know, when I, I started running, like, back in, like, I don't know, 2009, 2010 or something. And I used to go out running outside in El Paso in, like, triple-digit weather, you know, and it was hot, but I could take it three, four miles and stuff. And now it's, like, the opposite. I go, like, in 10 below weather. Oh, wow. But I don't, I, I don't know if I could do the uh, – yeah, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, the heat <laughs> the, hot, hot, 110 uh, degree weather, yeah, for sure. So, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I know you're a, a songwriter, and from knowing you personally, I know you're a drummer. I think that's, I think that's your thing. But – when did the music thing start for you and when did you start to and so you talked about the appreciation of MTV and and, and big big music video events and, and and things of this nature but what about you picking up the instruments I think it was like late 90s uh I think I was 12 or 13 and I started playing with this like really like I, I don't know if I could curse I should have asked you oh no, yeah, time, but, yeah uh, we're, we're, we're <laughs> explicit you can say whatever you want all right I'm gonna drop uh, several f-bombs now no, so we we're just kind of like a shitty band and uh, like a, a trio, and I did that for a few years, and then eventually did some other stuff, just mostly drumming, and then into the like early mid two thousands, I started getting into like electronic music uh, and making electronic music, and that along with a class called Jazz to Rock in uh, in UTEP. So I didn't discover like the, the Beatles, and and they opened the, this whole world like back in like early 2000s like like just imagine being assigned uh to listen to sergeant peppers by the beatles and like right i remember that know? class i took that yeah, class yeah, too yeah. it was one of those classes yeah. from this little bank of cool classes you could take for an elective all that kind of stuff a requirement of some kind and so yeah i remember that class and and, and again me being appreciating music and you know being kind of a band kid and all this stuff mm-hmm. but opening up new genres and subgenres and uh, historical context and stuff was was super cool you know, super for cool. sure, for sure. It, uh, it was uh, as advertised for sure because it's uh, you know they talked about ragtime like uh, Scott Joplin, jazz to rock, and then eventually you get to to modern stuff. So, so anyway, back uh, around that time, and I was playing drums in another band. I, I always like played drums for bands, and in uh, around 2005, I started doing like the electronic thing. And then it wasn't until 2009 that I was like, hey, I should. I should see if I could just like start singing and, and writing songs and stuff. And so since 2008, 2009 okay. is about uh, how long the Elsie Flowers thing's been going. But um, before that, it's been a bunch of other stuff. So Okay. And so when you say you start making music, you get into electronic music and start composing electronically, are you just using your computer like mouse and keyboard style? Or do you have like a musical keyboard you plug in or some sort of machines and, 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 and things like this? So when I first first started, it was uh, just the uh, the laptop and software. So like two or three different types. You have uh, Reason, uh, Fruity Loose, and uh, Audition. I think by uh, by Adobe. It's these are old things. Sure. Uh, so so with those three, you could chop out beats and and then just record. And uh, so it was all instrumental. And uh, I think the first first one was two thousand five. It's called uh, El, El Magnifico ASF because that was ASF, you know, like uh, <laughs> Ade, Ade, Adeus, Senor F, so ASF. So that was 2005, and I just, like, recorded, like, 10 or 12 songs. I forget how many. And I used to play shows all over the bars in, in El Paso, uh, like the Zeppelins and uh, 
these places uh, along downtown and stuff. So yeah, cool. I haven't thought about those. I haven't thought about those times in a while. So it's just good. <laughs> no, yeah, that's yeah. cool. You mentioned through your education at UTEP, you take jazz to rock opens up a whole other world of music that you need to explore. You mentioned the Beatles. So who were or maybe are? I hate to say the word influences or inspirations, but who do you who did you listen to to kind of fuel that creative energy and invention and composing? It's kind of evolved, but a lot of it stays the same. Uh, I'd say the most consistent styles are, are like sixties, what's called sunshine pop. I guess the Beatles have some elements of that, but it's this band called the Millennium that's just the most amazing band from nineteen sixties. They have an album called the uh, Begin. Uh, another consistent style would be uh, the the IDM like Aphex Twin and Square Pusher, like the really like drill and bass, like electronic, r- really wild stuff. And then uh, I, I always revert to metal, man. I actually I know like oh, this is an audio podcast, but yeah, I just I got this today in the mail. I don't know if you can see that, but it's oh uh, Black Sabbath, dope. Yeah, it's it's the first Sabbath, and like I used to go to death metal shows like back in the day as well. So I'm all over the place, man. I I, I enjoy hip hop a lot too, and yeah, I, I could talk about just influences for for forever. So no, those yeah. are those are some cool ones, and neat that you're you mentioned metal specifically. Pull out the Black Sabbath vinyl there, and uh, that you were going to shows, death metal shows there in El Paso. Good metal scene, from what I understand. Oh, uh, I wasn't plugged into it, but all the musicians and stuff I know that are, you know, there there's a, a a significant scene there as it were yeah i yeah i saw uh dsi dying fetus uh all these cold bands i guess they're not i guess some of them are well known but uh yeah i saw a lot of like like metal and really club 101 oh yeah and uh e9 i think it was before that so anyway not to go not to go too far down memory lane but no for sure but but yeah i just kind of uh grabbed from from all over and i just have phases where like I get obsessed with one artist Do and then like, okay, yeah, deep dive. And then you step back and then you choose, you know, you find this other one. And, um, no, that's really yeah. cool. I remember one, yeah, yeah. at one point when you were early in the making music phase of your life, electronic, probably 2010, 2012 ish there. You had told me at some point that you were listening to a new album a day or something like that or a week or something like that, that you're like, I make it a point to look at something new, a new artist or a new album. Right. Remember telling me that it's one of these memories I have of you. And I, and we've never talked about it since. No, I I don't, but it doesn't surprise me Mm -hmm. because I still, uh, every Friday I'll, I'll check the, actually I've kind of slacked it this year, but I kept up with it all of 20, uh, 2020. Uh, but every Friday, like I would just check a bunch of different websites that I go to and, see what's like rating high and like what's not rating so high still listen to that and because i don't always agree with you know what what sure going maybe against some reviews in some regard exactly so so yeah no it's definitely still something i do i I still get vinyl to the house all the the time of old new stuff yeah i'm i'm very much uh immersed in in music it's it's been a good constant in my life no yeah i I, I like that you know you consume uh, because we at a certain point i kind of become like a dad in my music taste where i got the stuff i listen to (laughs) the same rotation and if something new it's like new to me is like in the last five years you're like stuff that came out like this month from an independent artist i'm looking for this and so i always admired that and thought that was smart you know it's the kind of stuff i i would similar advice i'd give to 
new writers, you know. Right. Like, oh, well, look at, yeah, you're going to read the classics, but also, like, read what was published yesterday, right? Yeah, um, so. for sure. Speaking of writing stuff, so tell me your process to write a song. as a writers and fighters. I brought you on as a songwriter. Uh, tell me your process to compose a piece, or or do you have a set way? There's not really a set way. Uh, there's probably two different ways for the most part. I guess the most simple one is I'm just driving down the road and like a melody will pop in my head. And then I'm just like, oh shit, it's, I got to record that real quick. Even if it's like a seven second thing, you know? Sure. And then, you know, I'll come back to, to the studio and then uh, I'll build around that. If it's, if it's a good enough, like vocal melody and stuff. And then the, the flip side of that is just doing, uh, it's called, I call jamming, which is long form recording. You might record for 20, 30 minutes. And then I do what's you know, it's called trim the fat. Okay. Uh, this is all instrumental stuff. Uh, and you maybe condense it and identify what could become a song and then get a three minute chunk. And then from that, you start growing the, the other instruments, the vocals, the other stuff. So those are the ma- basic two. There's other things I do, but those are the basic two, two methods for sure. Oh, that's really interesting to me that you record all these, the jamming, like you said, rather than, you know, doodling around on a guitar or keyboard. Oh, that sounds good. Then hit record. No, like you record and no. then you pull the sections out. That's, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I have, that lends have, itself to the electronic method too. Exactly. I have I have this obscene amount of just waves in my cloud uh, of stuff that's like I never got to, or it's but uh, I try to to get to things as as soon as possible, not let them get too old because uh, otherwise the, the cloud space starts to fatten up. You know. No. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I understand yeah. that. I have a backlog of again notes. Uh, many of mine electronic on the phone, just little text nuggets or something, you know. Exactly, exactly, exactly. They're just a pile of, they're piling up, man. So I got to grab something and do something with it and finish yeah, something, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see something to completion. For sure. You know. I've been asking people lately, especially creative people, how has COVID affected your creative stuff, your music specifically? Well, it's 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 a good Good time to ask that question because we're we're rounding up the year, right? When when everything kind of started to, to sure. go haywire, you know. Ironically, I was listening to to this uh, news story about how uh, our, it was up like on the 11th of, of March. Obviously, the Oklahoma Thunder were playing the Jazz in in Utah, and there was that announcement where like it was full, and then right at the beginning of the game, it's like, ah, uh, yeah, we're not going to do this today. So exactly, I anyway, that day I, it was. Yesterday, yeah, yeah. Like that yeah, yeah. So anyway, I just I, I had to mention that uh, to you because because it's uh your your neck of the woods. But uh, around a year ago, when everything was going crazy, I I went on Craigslist and I just bought this this full size piano. I think it's eighty eight keys, uh, digital piano, and I was like, I'm gonna learn some piano. And so from that. It, it kind of to tie it back to your last question it, it catalyzed this whole uh songwriting and, and music theory thing so yeah i started just watching this youtube thing and, and still at, at least once a week i'll just sit down and just do my scales and you know practice my course blah 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 blah, blah. even if it's just 20 minutes 30 minutes blah 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 but uh uh that was a big 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 help uh in covid no i think you that's know, cool the i mean that's come up like in two or three podcasts and for fighters and and on the writing side 
of using YouTube to to learn stuff and to gain knowledge and information. And I think that's cool. I, you know, I employ that in my class and my in my own life. The only reason I know how to use any of this equipment and do a podcast is because I looked Absolutely. at YouTube videos. And so you're over here teaching yourself scales through a, a YouTube uh, tutorial yeah. and getting your reps in. Well, yeah, and it was funny because I, I started learning, you know, all these different scales, and, and then I would like jump back and forth between them, and I was like, I was like, oh shit, that's like that's a decent progression there. And then I would like start exploring that, and I was like, so now I had like this seven second nugget, and I was like. Pop, 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 and and you hear that throughout all this music I made. So like, uh, and, you so know, the practice pop- goes into the music eventually. Right, 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 and uh, so it got into all the writing of the music to, to you know, to learn all that stuff. I mean, I I very much knew, you know, on the surface just chords and things and how to play stuff and get around and noodle, but the the uh, the, the pandemic was a good opportunity to to get kind of in, into the you know the guts of of music and what makes music and go back and learn sheet music and all that other stuff. So I'm, I'm I'm still very much a novice for sure. And I will be for probably many, many years. Uh, But now I, I understand some terminology and and I could probably jam very terribly with somebody who knows what they're doing, you know? Right. Um, Right. No, but that's good uh, that you have this ear, what you know and like, and, but now you're, you're getting this kind of more technical, Oh, well now I maybe know why I like this. I know what to call this. And, exactly. and so you get to 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 throw that new layer of your right. your knowledge of of exploring the music thing. I love that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Song progressions and, and whatnot. So so it was good for that. And then uh, also to to focus on on the production side of things, which is not so much a, a part of songwriting, but it's more so towards the delivery of the, the final product. You know, like the end user listens to. And so just kind of get into different uh, techniques to make it as professional sounding as possible given that i'm you know essentially in a bedroom in a house that i turned into a studio uh, to the best of my my ability so anyway no yeah that's the kind of little technical kind of stuff i'm doing on this audio end too and it gets a little bit more crisp every time i do this so yeah for you know, sure you know that yeah. story you're always chipping away for sure exactly and you you mentioned seeing something to completion to where you know the end user is going to take this in you just finished up a project, the at-home project that's also getting put on vinyl. You're getting a uh, hundred copies, I believe, made. Right, right. Tell me a little bit about uh, that and the genesis and kind of the pitch and everything. So it's basically just first time I'm, I'm pressing vinyl. Uh, I've been doing music for for a long time, and and that fact that it, you know, I feel that the, the production value and the songwriting got better, and I was like, this is worth kind of you know investing, you know, kind of like kind of bank on yourself type of thing you know for sure um so i looked into it and i was like well, i'll just do a quick hundred run if that's good i'll not only you know break even but i'll go beyond that and if if that goes well then i'll look to pressing you know stuff in the future that i've done in the past and remastering and all that stuff so so yeah it's very much a project of of songs 12 songs that i put together uh during the the pandemic and i just couldn't think of a, a better title. I guess I'm not very, very much a creative writer. At home was the best thing I could come up with. Oh my God, dude. Titles are the worst, dude. Again, I'm, I'm sending stuff out and, you know, poems and stories. Oh my God. Titles are horrendous. Titles yeah, yeah, are yeah. a nightmare for me. Oh boy. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. At home. I dig it though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like you put all this work into something and then it's just like, okay, now give it a name. It's like, ah, 
can, can I just like name a puppy instead or something or, yeah. you know, just like this, something simpler, but no, uh, it, it is pressing and, uh, there's a certain turnaround time. So I guess I've gotten some orders already. Uh, any that would go through, people would not see the vinyl until the beginning of June, but the, uh, record company that I'm signed to the uh, men 400 records out of New Jersey, uh, they're going to put it out digitally April 26th. So in about six, I don't know, five weeks or something like that. So, so it's going to be available digitally first. And then uh, I have a bunch of stuff up there leading up to it. The first Friday of April, I'm uh, putting out uh, through the same company, uh, a single uh, called Quicksand. Quicksand. That yeah, that's pretty much all the the update on uh, on what that project is and, and when it's coming out. Great. So April for the digital, and then if you order it, you can get the physical vinyl in June. Yeah, it's Sweet. color vinyl too. So oh no, no the, it's gonna look cool. The, <laughs> well, the kids like the co- the color vinyl, so it's a color vinyl. I don't know. No, I, I, I again <laughs> all that stuff. I mean, the the point of getting it is to admire the artifact, right? Which yeah. is another layer of appreciating the music, I think, than just getting the digital download, which, you know, is good too. But some people do like that artifact. So the fact oh. that, that you have your, you, you probably agonized over the decisions and all these kinds of things of how is it going to be presented and all yeah. that. And it's very much a, a product of me just being such a, a listener of, of vinyl too. Like it was it's like, well, you know, even if I sold one copy to my grandma or whatever, uh, and uh, <laughs> not, 99 go unsold, I will still have pressed it or whatever. But uh, and have it out yeah, there. Pretty excited about it, and I'm excited and uh, yeah, very proud of it too. So and that's the thing is, you know, we spend so much time in the isolation at home. Again, aside from the pandemic, that this is a, 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 a solo project, right? It's just me and my equipment and me and my brain and, and my notes and all these kinds of things and seeing it to completion and, and being proud of it and like, Hey, and, and recognizing, I think a few people will listen to this same deal with this weird thing I decided to do with the podcast. Exactly. People listen pretty regularly. It's, I don't have a huge thing yet, but it's like, wow, some people do want to listen like that is but, shown. Yeah. And so it's really neat. I'm proud, it's, and, it's, and it's, I'm glad you're proud. You should be, man. It's cool. Yeah, it, it's that whole, uh, I, I can't remember his name. I think it was the, the War of Art. I can remember the, Statfield is the author, maybe? Anyway, there's one uh, chapter called Do the Work. It's like, you just got to do the work. For sure. And then, yeah, and then if nothing happens, then you keep doing the work. And then if nothing happens, you keep doing the work. And then if, you know, and yeah. so on. So you you do it for the for the love of the of the game at the end of the day, I think. So Yeah, my sister gave me a shirt that says do the work. Just a black shirt and in white just says do the work on the front. Yeah. So I love that expression. And she knows me, thus the the gesture. And yeah. so and and again, I've you've supported this podcast. I've always supported your music and been a fan and been like, wow, he's always doing his thing, always putting in the reps. And so yeah, I think it's cool that that, that you have something that you can hold tangible and say this thing is, yeah. is done uh, that's a good feeling man that's beautiful no for sure without a doubt yeah thank you and so you write songs and music uh, and this is writers and fighters and so i always ask the writers have you ever trained in like martial arts or even have an interest in organized fights on tv or something like that oh my goodness uh so i've never trained or anything uh the, i think the closest thing was i used to belong to 
to a gym that had a heavy bag and I used to beat the shit out of it for about 10 minutes. That'll work. Other than that, uh, when I think of fighting, I think of uh, Chavez, you know, Kubis of Chavez. Of course. Uh, boxer, classic. It was very much a thing that was going to happen that we were going to go watch the fight with my dad, my siblings and I, uh, you know, like a bunch of friends would pitch in for a pay-per-view, a bunch of my dad's friends, and, and then we would sh- like just watch the fight. So I always think, when I think of boxing, I think of Chavez first of all, and I think of the the trajectory of, you know, him coming up and then eventually becoming the biggest and then coming back down, coming back up and, and all this other stuff. But um, yeah, we were able to see a no- lot of that in most Again, in most Mexican households, like you said, these were events. These were every yeah. And he had such a high volume. It's every three or four months. You're like, this is like they're they're spread out like weddings in Kinsis, and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Actually, they're probably scheduled not to be on the same day as Quintes <laughs> Yeah, they got to stagger them. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're their own event. Uh, no, but I would watch those. I I'll catch a, a UFC fight here and there. It's it's not not my main. I guess I don't even really even have, that's one thing the the pandemic that is like I don't even have a main sport anymore like I don't really watch sports anymore <laughs> yeah it's just because you know half the the fun of sports is like you have to watch it with your buddies and have beers and you know talk smack or whatever but um for sure um so no not too much I did go to this amateur boxing match uh about five years ago uh, I had a a, a colleague at, at one of my past jobs and uh he was training and he's like oh yeah they're having a tournament so I ended up going to this uh, fight in like Northeast Minneapolis uh, and it's in a gym and everything. And I don't, you know, I'm not thinking much of it. It turns out to be like one of the coolest things I've ever gone to just amateur boxers. And then some of them were terrible, For sure. <laughs> but, the, but the ones that were good, it's it was, awesome re- it watch. was really fun to watch because they were, they were just, you know, like these, obviously they were still very young, but you could tell like, Oh, they're going to, they've got the the instinct, you know, like, yeah, yeah like, very technical. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like watching any like young athlete, I'd imagine just like, oh, they're they've got the gift. Now they just got to put in, you know, the the reps or whatever. But it was really really cool to see. And I was like right up front too. And I was like, oh, you hear like the you know the punches and they had the headgear and everything. But it was this really cool tournament. So yeah, I went to one of those here. USA Boxing had an event, and again they had three rings set up, and there's three fights going on at all times, and. and plenty of room you can kind of get up kind of close and everything and seeing really young kids to seasoned amateurs and seeing that range like okay here this person's in their first fight or two and they're you know and you can see it and they're kids and then you see some 14 year old that's lightning fast you know yeah and he's already yeah. he's already built like a boxer and you're like whoa like this is how you get a chavez uh, exactly exactly uh, there was this guy and he must have not have been older than like 18 and, and he had a like a George Foreman style of very slow and he would you know I know you're looking at my arms but like he would take a stance and just kind of study the opponent and then kind the of opponent pawing, would like kind yeah, of big yeah, open yeah, stance it, big open yeah, stance yeah. kind of pawing exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, it was just so weird to see that in someone so young like very like, like slow like in methodical and then, like when it was time to attack, you know, like you're going for the for the kill. But uh, no, I, I, I oh man, I, I love fighting. As far as myself getting into the fight, that's that'd be bad news because I, I probably don't know how to fight. But uh, oh, you got to protect your hands, man, if you're a drummer. So <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend hands. it. Um, <laughs> I did notice uh, on your video version of a song called Tokens, you used footage in the public domain from Jack Dempsey versus Tommy Gibbons. 
from like 1920 something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, and so just you're like, I'm going to put an old boxing match to a, a, this kind of groovy song I got here. There was no reason for that uh, <laughs> as far as like it being tied to the song in any way. Sure. Uh, but but I have spent some nights just watching old slobber knocker fights from, you know. Yeah, it's ah, like round 30 to... or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, holy shit, man. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I very, I very much look into like the public domain and, and uh, old, old videos for, for song titles. And, and it's very much whatever I'm feeling at the time. I guess at the time I was like, this song tokens is about boxing, I guess now. Uh, so, <laughs> so, no, no, so there was no real, no real reason, but, but I, I love uh, just digging into uh, a lot of uh, old, old footage. And, and if you look at my YouTube channel, just look, you know, look up, if you look up that song, you'll find all the other songs. Uh, all the other videos are just like stock footage. Some of them like use nature. Some of them use like uh, no, they're really the interesting, one, man. The one for uh, polka dot uh, woman is uh, this anti drug video from the sixties. It's just if you watch the original, <laughs> no, yeah, like, that's just, a, oh my god, it's, it's great. It, yeah, it's very much. Uh, it, it's just like really cheese ball stuff. I think it's interesting. Again, it may be like unintentional, but it adds this interesting layer where there's this kind of dissonance with what you're hearing and what the image is. And I noticed that even uh, on Instagram, because you did that, uh, you post a a clip of a song with some stock footage, stock footage. I was like, this is so interesting. This is like a weird home video of, and with a, it's interesting. (laughs) And so it's this interesting kind of collage almost. Uh, I dig it. I dig it. The home video one I think you might be talking about is the uh, I can't remember the, the name of the song, uh, but I think it's the black and white, you know, guitar samba looking one or sounding one that's uh, just really uh, like slow, but it's got a like a family on it and like a beach outing in black and white. Right. And so like ha- half the time the the video has nothing to do with the lyrics or anything. It's just at the time I was looking for that visual, you know. Oh, you let the cat out of the no. bag. I thought you were like being artsy, man. <laughs> no um, no 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 not at all so we're talking about some of your youtube stuff and we're talking about instagram clips and hearing the music and seeing the visuals where can we hear more see more the instagram is uh instagram.com slash lc flowers music and i'll i'll post there on the weekends usually and and just updates and stuff coming up and then if you just look on Spotify for LC Flowers. The last single was Polka Dot Woman, so that one should should pull stuff up. SoundCloud, LC Flowers. Just look me up. If you want to buy a, a vinyl, add LC Flowers Music on Venmo and uh, LC Flowers Music at PayPal.com uh, on Pay- I'm sorry, at uh, Gmail.com on PayPal. I got that backwards. So. Sweet, man. Yeah, I'll put all that info there in the show notes. LC Flowers on all social media. LC Flowers, it'll come up. You guys know your way around the internet. Hey, man, it was cool <laughs> to catch up this way. And again, wishing you luck on continuing to put in the work and getting those results, man. I'm quite happy for you. Thank you so much, and I'm happy for you too. Thanks, bud. Take care. Right, y'all, that is yet another interview with a writer, this time a songwriter and musician, Elsie Flowers. He has his new at-home 
LP digital release on April 26th. And then in June, the vinyl ships. If you want to get in contact with LC Flowers in terms of getting all that stuff, you can follow him on Instagram, LC Flowers Music. Also on Facebook, LC Flowers Music as well. There's going to be a link in the show notes, in the description, to his Spotify. Or you can go in there and type in LC Flowers, it'll come right up. He also has a single coming out April 2nd, right around the corner, called Quicksand Strangers, a single release. So again, follow him on social media, listen to his music on Spotify, make sure you give it a follow. If you want to keep up with the podcast, you know how to do that. Ridersandfighters.com, Riders and Fighters all over social media. I want to thank y'all. Happy spring, be good, be safe, take care of each other.